Ah, it's been a while. Hi, everybody. <laughs> hey, we're back. That we are. Vertigo Voices 2024. Um, so it just like dawned on me literally last night while I was thinking about recording today. 2023 was the 30th anniversary of Vertigo Comics. Would have been a really good springboard to bring this fucking show back. It would have. It would have. So, uh, 31st anniversary <laughs> spectacular for Vertigo Voices 2024. Hooray. <laughs> because we don't do what we're expected to do. Um, so yeah, we're back. We're doing a fucking new episode. I was going to do one a couple days ago or a couple weeks ago, but uh, it didn't work out. So we're doing this now. Um, lots of Vertigo Shit has been going down in the in the interim. Uh, obviously, the the Netflix series Bodies uh, was very popular when it came out. Uh, it's been a couple months now. Dead Boy Detectives is set to release on Netflix. Fuck, I don't know. I think it just said twenty twenty four. They released the trailer, and I I don't know. I think it said uh, maybe spring. Um, and then Sandman season two is. Filming, they uh, had to shut down production because of the writer strike and the SAG after strike. But uh, they're back to filming. Yay! So season two of Sandman's coming out. I don't know, someday, probably twenty twenty five would be my guess. Something to look forward to. I don't know. Maybe the end of twenty twenty four. It takes takes a lot less time to do all that shit once you already have the sets and the actors locked in and everything. So who knows? But fingers crossed soon. Sorry to apply some lip balm because it's fucking negative degrees outside. <laughs> yeah, I, I've never experienced weather this cold in this state. No, no. Um, yeah, we seem to be in a strange flux right now. I.e. it's just freezing our balls off, those of us who have them. Oh, I forgot to fucking just mention the song that I just played. <laughs> oh, yes, our intro. Jesus, I'm, I'm off my game, man. Uh, that is a song called The Endless by Raised in Black. That's uh, from Raised, R-A-Z-E-D, because they're goth, edgy. But of course. You're not just Raised in Black, they're Raised in Black. <laughs> uh, anyway, that, that is from an album called Where's Neil When You Need Him. It's uh, uh, like a compilation album, of, or tribute album, rather, from different bands. Uh, each song is based on one of Gaiman's works. And that one is all about the endless. There's actually two songs on the soundtrack about the endless. And then, the uh, it's called can, come on, where is it? Uh, "Come Sweet Death" I by Voltaire. And then I guess technically there's a third one because there's a sister named Desire by Tori Amos. At the oh, end. cool! She released or she uh, recorded a new uh, version of that song. That song was originally on her album "Tales of a Librarian," but. Uh, she re-recorded it for this CD. And yeah, anyway, I picked up this CD a few months back because there's a Mirror Mask song on it, and I was going to use that when I recorded my Mirror Mask episode that never happened. Thanks a lot, whoever was going to do that with me. <laughs> Who shall remain nameless. You'll be lost to history. <laughs> One of the regrets of their life when they look back. Um, what? Oh, we've got uh, Colby's ha Colby Has Issues. Been a while. Oh, yes. Oh, issues. So these are all new comics. Uh, the first one, looking Wesley Dodds is back. Oh my gosh. There's a new series. Well, I, don't, I think it's done now. I think it was just a mini series. 
uh, called Wesley Dodd's The Sandman. Just kind of a new, I don't know, 1930s Sandman story in the vein of mystery theater, but definitely not mystery theater. This is just a straight up adventure story. Doesn't have any of the Matt Wagner weirdness or Guy Davis creepy ass art, <laughs> but it's fun. I only read the first issue. There's like three or four out now, but I didn't buy them. So I've been to the comic shop like three times in the last six months. <laughs> but one of the things I did pick up though was this new miniseries. The Doom Patrol are back. Oh. So I just finished reading this, the seven-issue miniseries. Uh, this is really fucking good. It is a direct continuation of the Grant Morrison, Rachel Pollock Doom Patrol series of the, you know, late 80s, early 90s, like the Vertigo stuff. Um, directly references a lot of the shit that happened in that book. Uh, there's a whole thing about the Brotherhood of Dada and the painting that ate Paris. And Okay, it's also super tied in to current DC Comics lore okay. where recently there was a big Lazarus pit underneath Gotham City. You know, like Lazarus pits are what Ra's al Ghul uses to come back from the dead. Right. Um, and it like went off like a volcano and just sprayed Lazarus pit juice into... <laughs> That's a weird way to say that. Yeah. But I don't know how else to. Um, Very descriptive. And it sprayed that into like the atmosphere and that rain down over the world and caused random people's metagenes to activate. Oh. So it's just like there's all these new metahumans and the Doom Patrol are tasked with like going out there and rescuing those who they can and bringing them back. And they're the fucking X-Men now. They're the X-Men. They're exactly the X-Men, uh, which they've always kind of been very X-Men-ish because uh, they were both created around the same time, like a weird parallel thought. But uh, anyway, they're just outright the X-Men. Now, Mento, the the... Psychic guy on the team now just lives in this giant, like, psychic expanding liquid. He's just Cerebro. He's always, like, reaching out. Oh, I fucking, I found a new one. Go, go find him. Doom Patrol. But it's it's really fucking good. Like, it's a really, really fun, good book. Flex Mentallo makes a few appearances in there. This person right here with the little face mask mm -hmm. is the new chief. Okay. Um, and that's Crazy Jane. Oh, really? She created, oh. she created a new persona called The Chief. That's awesome. <laughs> Just to lead the team now. That's cool. <laughs> so it's very inspired by, but not too derivative. It's kind of its own wacky thing. Yeah, exactly. It's very, very wacky. And I really fucking liked it. Uh, this guy on the cover here, this white dude with like the scales, his name is Degenerate. Um, and his superpower is that if he insults someone, he, he gets strong. So he just has to constantly be insulting everyone around him so he can stay big and strong. So he's just a dick to everybody. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> this little, like, pink furry chick is a uh, beast girl. She's not like Beast Boy where she can, like, change appearance, but she can, like, manipulate people's minds. I don't remember. For as much as you'd think they would focus on this, like, cute teen POV character, she's not really in it that much. <laughs> But uh, this second issue is really good. This character is named Worm. He is essentially Maggot from X-Men. Oh. This, like, worm creature, this blue worm creature around his neck here is uh, a part of him. Like, they have, like, a psychic bond. And uh, it's revealed, spoiler alert, that uh, he's actually a plant from the Suicide Squad to try to, try to uh, infiltrate the team. And he realizes it, and he realizes that these guys, like, aren't bad. Like, he, you know, he got manipulated. So he tries to escape, and the team find him, and they're like, yeah, you know, even if you run, the device is going to go off in your head. Like, the only reason you aren't dead right now is because we're blocking the signal. And he's like, yeah, I, I know, but, I like, I can't kill you guys, too. And they're like, okay, well, 
we can only give you a few more seconds, so like you better hurry because <laughs> he's a little warm. He's like, well, will you keep will you keep Velvet safe? Like I don't I don't want him to have to die too. And so Robot Man just picks him up and throws him as far as he can, so he blows up in the distance. Oh wow! He's like a like yeah, like Jesus. <laughs> a really intense ending to that. They went there. Yeah, they go. Oh, this Green Lantern issue. There's a kid in the back you can see here. That's a Starro eye. That's someone who got a Starro on their face. Right. But uh, it was disconnected from like their hive consciousness, so he's his own person. And uh, he uh, wants to go by the name Starbro. Starbro. (laughs) And Robot Man's like, I'm not calling you that. (laughs) And and Larry's like, why, dude? Like, the kid wants to be called that. Just call him Starbro. He's like, no, that's fucking stupid. And Larry's like, hey, do you remember when I wanted to go by Rebus? Which, again, this was the Grant Morrison stuff. And he's like, yeah. He's like, because I had, like, multiple personalities, like, creating a new me. And he goes, and you often would just call me Larry, even though I wasn't really Larry anymore. And he's like, yeah, I I know, but I was trying. He's like, exactly. We'll try for this kid now. And he's like, oh, okay. (laughs) I like that. I like that. (laughs) It's a really good series. I was apparently very pleasantly surprised with it. It was only a seven-issue miniseries, but it ends with The Doom Patrol Will Return. So, fingers crossed. I don't have any idea how well it sold or anything. It was written by Dennis Culver with pencils by Chris Burnham. Um, Yeah, so, I don't know. How long has it been since we recorded? Like, a year and a half or so. I think so. I think our last one was, was after Sandman. So, what was that? Like, September or October of 2022? Two? Yeah. Yes. Somewhere in there. Jesus. So you. Like a million years ago. <laughs> I was going to say, bad joke. You have surprising little amount of issues for. Yeah, <laughs> well, I'm sure there's been more, but I haven't been reading a lot of comics. Um, I mean, there's piles of shit that I've gotten from the comic shop, but these are just the only like Vertigo adjacent ones or Vertigo sequels or whatever. I read other random shit, but much. these were just fresh. <laughs> Fucking, you know, strike on the iron's hot. <laughs> no, understandable. Um, like we were talking about a few days earlier, I haven't, I'm embarrassed to say I haven't bought or read a comic book in about a year. Um, all of my reading material has pretty much been work-related stuff, so this is probably yep. dust off the <laughs> cobweb portion, that part of my brain. Work-related? Fuck that. Um, <laughs> I've been reading a lot, just not not as many comics. I'm up to book seven of the Expanse series. You were talking about that. Yeah, yeah. I uh, started reading that, I think, in, like, January of 2023. And, yeah, I'm up to book seven. It's a good series. I fucking love the Expanse. And they made it into a show? Yeah, it was a TV show on Amazon, which I... I well, it was originally on Sci-Fi. Uh, the series ran for six seasons. It covers the first six books pretty faithfully. And then in the book series, there's a time jump of 30 years between the six and seven books. So rather than deal with that, the show just was like, yeah, fuck it. We'll just end it at six. (laughs) (laughs) So I have to deal with age makeup or waiting 10 years and aging up your actors. You know, whatever. But yeah, really good series. I fucking love the show. And I really enjoyed the book, too. Very odd adaptation, though, in that I think I actually like the show better. Because it weirdly gives more subtext and humanity to its characters. Like, the books are very much, like, kind of like chess pieces on the board. Like, this character does this, and this character does that. And you don't get a lot of pathos and whatnot. 
why they're there and who they I are. I mean, yeah, you do, but it's much more human, quote, uh, in the show than it is in the book. You don't see that a lot. No, no, <laughs> like, yeah. So, like, in the book, characters, like, the, sh- the story and the characters or whatever are introduced right as the action is happening. Oh, you know, okay. like, here's James Holden. Oh, we just got a distress call. We got to go deal with it. And in the show, you get, like, probably 20 minutes of just building relationships amongst the crew of this ship, learning who's who. And then, you know, 15, 20 minutes into that, oh, we got a distress call. Let's go deal with it. You know? Whereas in the book, like, people are introduced right as they're needed or the story dictates it or whatever. And, like, there's this character in the show called, uh, called well, in both, his name is uh, Shed Garvey. And in the show, he's played by Paulo Costanzo, which is an actor that almost everyone has seen, but nobody knows his name. He's just one of those that, that guys. Yeah. So when they cast him, I'm like, when I first started watching the show, like, oh, cool, this, this guy's going to be one of the main characters. Well, he's very suddenly and almost humor, humorously killed off in, like, episode three or four. And uh, I was just like, holy shit, they just fucking killed that guy. Like, oh, my God. In the book... That character is there, but he has, like, two lines. And he's just in the background for that chunk of the... The, the same chunk of the story, he's there, but you completely forget about him because he doesn't have any dialogue. And he's just like, okay, guys, I guess we're doing this now. You know, like, he's just like a puppy that tags along. So then when he dies, it's like, well, yeah, of course. The guy, the guy with no lines is going to be the one that dies. Duh. He's an extra. He's a fucking red shirt, you know? <laughs> they are to be disposed yeah. of. So the show did a way better job of making you invest in him before they kill him off. Yeah, it is pretty rare. And the both the book and the show created uh, who I consider to be like one of my favorite fucking fictional characters of all time, Joe Miller, <laughs> the, the detective <laughs> played by Thomas Jane on the show. And he's just this strung out, uh, past his prime detective who's uh, uh, tasked with uh, finding a missing person and uh, realizes fairly early on that like there's not there's no good ending <laughs> mm-hmm. and there's this really really fucking good scene I think it's the seventh or eighth episode which again this isn't in the book <laughs> there's this scene of him alone on a subway where he's like realizing that that this girl that he's searching for is either dead or well she's definitely dead and he's just kind of like mulling that over in his head and he records a a video to her dad and before he does he's just like muttering to himself and he goes i used to be good at this there must have been a time when i was good <laughs> and then he records a video and he's like i'm you know, i'm sorry uh people give me these cases when they don't want them solved and he goes i you know your daughter was a fighter and she deserved to be helped he goes not everyone does she did and like that just that something about that like hit me really hard the first time I watched it mm-hmm. just about that idea of, of uh, somebody deserving help but not you know, being too late Thomas Jane is one of the, I know it sounds like a funny thing to say but he's one of those actors that I always love to give chances to because it's not like he hasn't had a good career yeah. most movie buffs know who he is but I kind of feel like he's still slept on and every time you see him in something you're like god he's so good yeah exactly he plays grizzled detective, like, he's like the consummate grizzled detective actor of our age. Right after I finished, the, I think, the fifth or sixth book of The Expanse, I watched a show on Amazon called uh, Troppo that stars him as a fucking 
grizzled past his prime detective <laughs> who is living in Australia of all places and uh, tasked with uh, finding uh, or solving a, a murder, a missing husband. I can't remember. I think you think that he's just missing. And then in like the second episode, it's revealed that he was murdered, but that's a really good series too. Um, he also, I think I showed you that movie, Give Him Hell Malone. Yes. He plays a grizzled detective yes. in that. Uh-huh. <laughs> Filmed in our very own Spokane. <laughs> right, right. I, I, that movie has one of my favorite scenes in it where he's interrogating that woman in the car and he threatens to crash the car into the yes. wall. And it takes him ten minutes to drive. <laughs> that was a great scene. That was a fun movie. My favorite line in that is when she's talking to him and she goes, I'm trying to be straight with you. And he goes, straight with me. Lady, you're a goddamn zigzag. <laughs> God bless you, Thomas Jane. <laughs> and the gun that he uses in that movie is the same gun that he uses in The Expanse. Is it really? And it's also in another fucking movie that I've seen him in called Reach Me. Really? And he plays like a gunslinging detective in that. And he literally, it's the same fucking, it's a very, very specific looking revolver. And he uses it in all of these things. I don't know if it's the same prop or if it just looks the same. I, I don't know if, if this is just something he carries around with him. Right. <laughs> he has to bring. It's in his fucking contract. Like, right. look, if I'm wearing a trench coat, I'm using that gun. He's <laughs> like, okay, fine. Whatever helps you get into character. No, um, my favorite movie of his, I know we're kind of deviating here, but excuse me. Um, was it a movie or a show? Eh, doesn't matter. 1922. Oh, yeah, it was a movie. Yeah, that was on Netflix. Yeah, I love him in that. The Stephen King adaptation. He's so good. Yeah, for sure. He's so good. That's kind of a one-man show, too. It is. There's other characters, but he's the only one that's like dominates the screen. And just such a weird point of view. Mm-hmm. You don't often see a character that's just so irredeemable as your lead. Right. Right. And just, like, the whole plot is just, like, him and his son. Like, yeah, I guess we'll just, you know, let's just kill mom. <laughs> she's kind of a bitch. <laughs> like, yeah, sure, sounds good. Yeah. Our lives will be better Yeah, exactly. Her. And then that's just, like you know, the almost telltale heart kind of thing. And right. He's, like, haunted by her memory, and rats eat his fucking hands. <laughs> it's creepy. Yeah. Really, really good movie, and an absolute testament to his acting ability. Um, yeah, anyway, The Expanse, you should watch it. It's fucking good. Um, I don't know, do we have anything else to talk about? Anything else to bullshit about? Well, like we were discussing earlier... You're hungover, and I have only had four hours of sleep, so we're just going to roll with it into the abyss once more. It's been an interesting year for me of, uh, I don't know, ups and downs and socializing. (laughs) Because, like, when we talked about this in the past, like, the show started, like, kind of on the downward slope of COVID. You know, we spent, like, eight, nine months over, like, just not doing anything. So then after that, I was just like, Captain Social Butterfly. But, like, this last year, like, I don't know, I've been out and about a lot more than usual. And so, and last night was, uh, was another weird night. I changed clothes with a girl last night. <laughs> I guess, and you guys traded? Or? Yeah, I'll show you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's, there's evidence. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but it's not a very good picture. There was many pictures taken of this, but this one, uh, is not the best. <laughs> but... <laughs> That's oh, me on the right. Your, oh, she's got your coat. I just have my tie on and shirt. I've been oh, and that's a hoodie. Yeah. yeah okay. Right, hold, on. hold on. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> what? So if you ever want to know what I look like with long hair, she had a chill wig. I was wearing, I'm wearing a wig. <laughs> got kind of a 
an emo goth thing going <laughs> yeah. on. It's like, uh, have you ever seen the YouTuber Wendigoon? No, I have not. Oh, that's that's what I look like with long hair. <laughs> Here, I'll show you. Okay. Oh my god! <laughs> wow! Wow! Well. Windigoon, you have a you have a doppelganger around here in Spokane. I mean, if I if I'm in a if I have a wig on, then yeah, but a fucking long black Dave Grohl wig. You should go to Comic Con dressed as him and see how many people think that it's the real thing. I, I dude, I barely even know who that guy is. So <laughs> probably know he's a serial killer. Yeah, could be. I've watched like two of his videos. That's one of the things I've been watching a lot lately. Is just YouTube videos, like. Uh, like, I remember in the past we talked about folding ideas. Yes. Remember that yeah. guy's fucking amazing Suicide Squad video. Right. So I've watched some of his, but uh, there's another YouTuber who releases like one video a year named uh, H Bomber Guy. Oh. Um, I'd seen one of his videos in the past, I think, but he released a new one probably about a month ago about plagiarism that's mm -hmm. four hours long. Oh, wow. And it's fucking amazing like i when I, I first heard like oh it's pretty good just check it out so i put it on I'm like oh watch like 20 minutes of it and get back to it no i spent the entire four hours just like <laughs> wrapped <laughs> it's it's about plagiarism specifically in youtube and like youtubers who will just either outright steal or not credit sources or whatever and it's kind of like it like this isn't optional guys <laughs> like you have to do this <laughs> and uh, it was it's really it was really really interesting um he also did another video last year that I then watched afterward um, about, <laughs> sounds so weird to describe, but uh, you know the video game Roblox? Yes. Yeah. Okay. There's a sound effect in that game, like when you die, and it's like, oof. And he was like, where did that sound come from? I swear I've heard that sound before. Where did it come from? So it's like the first, I think this is a two hour long video, the first maybe 10 minutes him tracking down where this sound file came from and then from there it turns into this huge fucking essentially conspiracy about this single game audio engineer who's like fabricated his entire career for like 30 years <laughs> wow. it, it's just like like you know you pull on one little thread and then suddenly an entire garment um, unravels. yeah unravels falls apart <laughs> he must have researched a lot of, a lot of exactly. Time. That's why his videos take a oh, year. Yeah. <laughs> Never four hours long. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. But yeah, H Bomber Guy, really, really cool YouTuber. I've been watching a lot of his shit and uh, uh, some more of Dan Olson, Folding Ideas, some of his as well. And just, yeah, random, random shit that I find there. Thanks to my kid. My kid's a YouTuber now. <laughs> the channel with, I don't know, some of his videos get a few thousand views and all that. I'm like, Jesus Christ, how do you get those numbers, man? What's the name of his channel? Uh, Blue Healer. Blue Healer, okay. That's the name of a dragon that he made in Roblox, I think. Okay. So does it focus mostly on video games? and? Yeah, sometimes. Video games, cats, dragons, Halloween costumes. I don't know. Just random shit. Right on. Yeah. Oh, good for him. Yeah. He's got his own creative endeavors happening. So anyway, yeah, I don't know. I've been... It's been a weird year of, like, ingesting media like that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and then going out and getting drunk. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you can't say you don't have hobbies. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I also haven't watched nearly as many movies this year as I usually do. Me neither. It's, it's been scant. Yeah. I So Letterboxd does like a yearly wrap-up um, of movies that you logged. Yeah. And last year, 2022, let's see if I can find it. 
Hey, Letterboxd Pro, so I can go in and see my stats at any time. Most people can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, goddammit. Uh, so 2022. Mm, there we go. I logged 1,073 hours of movie watching. So by contrast, 2023, 622. So wow. I, like, halved the amount of movies that I watched. That is a noticeable dip <laughs> yeah. for you, sir. Yeah. Well, you still probably watch more movies than I did. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of good ones. I watched, I, I saw Killers of the Flower Moon in theaters. I want to see that. It was good. Uh, again, like, you know, three and a half hours, but went very quick. Really good. Martin Scorsese is usually pretty good at making that happen. Yeah, exactly. Uh, far better than The Irishman. I did not like that movie. <laughs> yeah, I wanted to. But yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like I, I really, I want to love it, Marty. <laughs> but I, I think the problem with the Irishman is that Scorsese, as a filmmaker, has moved past gangster movies. Yes. So like, why, why go back? Right. right. It'd be like Tarantino's last movie, just being Reservoir Dogs again. Exactly. Like, or you know, Pulp Fiction Part yeah. Two. Uh, anyway, but yeah, I saw. I obviously like you know we weren't recording during the fucking. Barbenheimer craze. Oh boy, could have had a lot of content there. I did that. I went full Barbenheimer. I watched both movies in a day. It was fun. <laughs> How was it? Have, have you seen, seen them? I've seen Barbie. I haven't seen okay. Oppenheimer yet. They're, they're both very good. Uh, obviously, profoundly different movies. Um, but I think I like Barbie better. It's mm-hmm. more fun and just. I remember. So I was sitting there at the theater with a girl, and we we're sitting there watching it. And like the first, I don't know, 10, 15 minutes of that movie. Is like an extended fucking musical opening sequence, right, you know. Yeah. And I'm sitting there like, like, okay, all right. And it gets to the, the house party scene. They're all dancing, and I'm like, I remember looking over at her and being like, okay, uh, what's going on? Like, is this is the whole movie going to be this? Because, and I remember like pulling out my phone to look at the time, and like right as I was doing that, Barbie goes, "You guys ever think about dying?" And I was like. <laughs> And I literally, I was like, holy shit. Like, I feel like Greta Gerwig timed that to the second. How much can people take before we have to throw a curveball? And I, like, I feel like that was the intention, obviously. But I remember, like, thinking, like, that's fucking genius. Like, that was, she totally got me. That was exactly what she wanted. And that, like, wow, good job. Perfectly played. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, my friend actually got me that shirt for Christmas. Do you guys ever think oh, about yeah. that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I had a lot of fun with it. And well, I guess this is how naive I am. I didn't watch it for. Well, I didn't watch any movies in theater last year. I'm sorry to say, but when I finally got around to watching that, I was expecting like, okay, what, what's all the controversy about? And it's really not controversial at all. But in, in terms of what you could do with that property and making it something that's not only accessible but fun, yeah. I mean, yeah, well done. And it's got like there's a, there's a purpose for yes. it. It's not, just a, it's not just shilling toys. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> In that respect, it reminded me a bit of the Lego movie. Me too. The first one about like how interesting they made a fucking toy movie. <laughs> right, right. When you stop and think about it, I can't remember the name of the uh, the guys who did the Lego movie. But... Jordan Miller. Thank you. Yes, um, I think the same thing applies to Mattel. It's like um, we don't need a movie to sell toys. We're actually doing pretty good. Yeah. But no, Greta Gerwig. If you guys ever think about dying, one of the <laughs> best movie lines of 2023. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I watched I watched a lot of good shit last year, but that one stood out. I actually didn't finish uh, my like Halloween viewing this last year 
Because, you know, like, oh, we always watch a movie a day. Right. Well, and I've been trying to find weird ways to limit myself because it's just too fucking easy to watch a horror movie every day. I could watch three horror movies every day. Uh, so in 2022, I had Tubi Ween, which means I only watched horror movies that I found on Tubi. Yes. Which that was fun. So last year I decided to do, in 2023, I decided to do International Ween. <laughs> I think it's I think it's what I went with. Maybe it was Halifornian for foreign ween. I don't know. Um, but I just would only watch foreign horror movies. But I only made it to like the 26th because then I got really fucking sick and just spent two days in bed. And then by the time I got up, I was like, oh, I can't. Halloween, I met up with my kid. We put our costumes on and took pictures. And then I was like, mom's taking you trick-or-treating. I have to go sleep. Like I felt like shit. I could barely get upright. All because I made out with the wrong girl with a cold. (laughs) (laughs) Looking forward to that podcast episode where we talk about your social life. (laughs) Yeah, no, I can, I can, I can trace that to the side. I remember being like, she's coughing a lot. (laughs) Dude, dude. (laughs) See, I don't mean to generalize, but I think that's like the difference between men and women. Like, we hear a guy coughing, and it's like, oh, whoa, we'll just have to make out at a later time. You guys are like, you know what? I think I can power through this. <laughs> she wasn't a stranger. Like, she's somebody that I know. Oh, I know. And uh, I knew what I was getting into. And we were also both, I don't know, a little drunk. But uh, <laughs> that helped with the decision-making. <laughs> As it tends to do, right? Yeah. yeah. Oh, the fucking stories I have over the last year and a half. Year. Year. Almost exactly a year, actually. Um, I don't know. For, like, 2021 and 2022, I was essentially a monk. Like, I went out a lot, but I didn't really do much. Just getting drunk and singing karaoke and, like, nodding at my friends. <laughs> Cheers. <laughs> raising the glass. So 2023 was kind of a big year for me and doing other things. <laughs> well, good for you, sincerely. <laughs> Yeah, we will, we'll, we'll, talk, we'll talk about that later. <laughs> I don't know. If stories come up, we'll bring them up. But, uh, <laughs> yes, yes. Don't uh, miss an opportunity. Names will have to be changed to protect the, not innocent, but... <laughs> Accomplices? Yeah, the, um, what's the word? Uh, I don't know. I obviously don't have consent to talk about any of this yes, shit. Yes, <laughs> Respect people's yes. privacy. Hey, speaking of, that's funny. <laughs> this is, uh, this is from Sick Girl. <laughs> It's a, a hair tie that was it was on that chair. That's why it's out here. Momento. Um, yeah. All right, so today's episode, what are we talking about? We are randomly talking about various Vertigo titles from the Vertigo Encyclopedia. Yeah. So, yeah, I've been thinking a lot about the Vertigo Encyclopedia lately and trying to think of, like, how to get back into this show and everything. And I thought it would be fun to do, like, a random... Random, open a page, I don't fucking know what you call this, uh, but just essentially find a random page in the Vertigo Encyclopedia, see what we land on, and then talk about it. Sounds like And we that. talked about making it a game, making it a fucking, going by letters, yes. where we talked about that, but uh, in the end I just think total fucking leave it to chance. I brought up a number generator, and there are, so you see, there's actually like 200 and something pages. 240 pages to this, but there's a bunch of afterwards and index. So there's only 233 pages of actual profiles. So I went into this number generator, put in 1 to 233. Wait a second. It actually starts on page 10. <laughs> right. So page 10 to 233. Let me 
And let's see what we get. Generate. Sounds good. 201. Woohoo! 201. Forward. The lucky 201. 201. We have. Oh, it's Why the Why Last, Last Man. Man. Oh, it's just cool. a random page of Why the Last Man. Excellent. Um, yeah, we've talked about that ad nauseum on the show before. Because Why the Last Man was uh, obviously adapted, what, two years ago? On yeah. Hulu. What a fucking weird adaptation. Uh, <laughs> it was kind of lukewarm. It wasn't horrible, but it was not as um, exciting as I hoped it would be. Yeah. And especially, like, given how contained the comic was, mm-hmm. you know, like, there's a fucking linear story there. And we're not dealing with Krypton and fucking, uh, you know, even the Doom Patrol. Like, you're not, you're not dealing with crazy concepts and sci-fi, well, sci-fi, but not like superhumans and shit like that. This is a character-centered story with a beginning, a middle, and end. Right. So I feel like when that's what you've got to work with, why would you really need to change much? Other than just maybe some pacing. Exactly. But you, you probably, you know, like, the fact that they added so many characters in and completely changed the, the thrust of the narrative, Yorick doesn't start his journey with 355 until like halfway into the first season. Which is, and then they go on so many weird diversions, like the whole thing with the prison, and then the like the the fucking Costco store (laughs) that's like the creation of the Amazons. Like you don't you don't need to do that. Uh, None of the show stuff is in this book though, so I don't know why I'm talking about that. I don't know. Yeah, White Last Man, great series. Well, the other weird thing about the show, not to harp on that, but considering the topic that has been around, excuse me, the discussion that has been around gender for the past several yeah. years. Like, the show just totally, in my opinion, just that fell flat. Was like, <clears throat> I mean, they did... Uh, there were there were some interesting things about that in the show, like with the whole idea of uh, of the, the trans character, whose name I can't remember. Uh, I thought that was interesting, the fact that they, uh, like, at least brought that into the show and kind of addressed that, because that's not something that was at the forefront of the social consciousness and... 2003, 2002, when the comic started. So at least, like, the show took steps to discuss that and the difference between, like, male, female, X chromosome, Y chromosome. Is that, like, the whole point of the disease that kills men is, like, chromosomal. Right. And, like, the show took pains to say, like, that's not what makes somebody a man or a woman. Right. Um, you know, like, socially, whatever. So uh, I thought that was, that was at least interesting. But there's clearly more that they could have done with it. I felt like that should have been explored more as opposed to, like you were saying, oh, here's the Amazons and Costco. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's Amazon's like, what? <laughs> Amazons and the Costco. <laughs> the new album by Raised in Black. <laughs> Is that the name of the band? Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, yeah, and Alter wasn't in the show. That still pisses me off because Alter was one of my favorite characters in the book. I would, well, maybe I wouldn't like to know, but I'm still slightly curious about why they made that creative decision. I Because they needed to make room for new characters. <laughs> I hate that excuse. Like that fucking, the, the mom. Do you remember the mom with the little girl that yes. worked for the government? I'm like, who the fuck is this? And then she like, <laughs> she goes back and was like, I need my job. They need me. And they're like, no, you, we don't need you. <laughs> and I remember like at that point watching the show me like, fucking die. Like just kill her now. <laughs> I don't want this character. I don't like this character. Want her and her dumb little kid to just go walk into the walk into the forest and never return. <laughs> yeah, what purpose is served here? Yeah, yeah, it was. Um, 
It was an okay show, but it definitely didn't do the series justice. Could have been a lot better. It could have. Um, okay, another number. Let's see what we got. Right 212. On. Jesus Christ, why is this on the 200? Fucking <laughs> thing. All right, 212. Uh, there's a bunch here. Okay, Ooh. Gifts of the Night. I've read that um, a long time ago. Gifts of the Night was a four-issue miniseries from the late 90s by Paul Chadwick and John Bolton, which everyone knows John Bolton. He's practically Vertigo royalty. Uh, Co-created Tim Hunter. Oh, yeah. Tim Hunter is based on his son. Um, I didn't know that. Yeah. Neil Gaiman directed a movie in 2003 called A Short Film About John Bolton, oh. um, which I own on DVD, of course. And it's this, like, fake documentary where they interview people that know John Bolton, and then they interview John Bolton himself, and it's like a fucking Pickman's model thing. You know, Pickman's model by H.P. Uh, Lovecraft. Oh, yeah, a story yeah. about a, paint, <coughs> a painter who paints these grotesque things, and you find out he's literally just painting what he sees, like these little demons that murder people in front of him. Um, so it's like that. It's like John Bolton is, is this artist that's actually like summoning these crazy creatures and then painting them. And it ends with like this big gala event being decimated <laughs> as, as he's uh, uh, showing his creative process. Or whatever. Fun. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, that has nothing to do with this, <laughs> this miniseries. Um, yeah, it's, it's like, it's about this, uh, this like young prince like nobleman or whatever who's coming to power and it's all about the devil and angel on his shoulder and he gives these two advisors one that's like uh oh you gonna fucking destroy the proletariat you know like stamp down the little people and then uh the other one's like no you're gonna be like nice to people dude or whatever <laughs> and uh it's just about like how he gets manipulated by these two opposing voices um it's got a fun uh like twist ending Interesting. Okay. Um, also on here is the geek which was a fun uh, Vertigo one-shot by Rachel Pollock and Mike Allred about Brother Power. Do you know who Brother Power is? I'm totally failing today. No, I don't. He's a character that was uh, created by... Well, so no. He was actually created in the 70s. Um, I think in the issue of Swamp Thing, or maybe he had his own spin-off. I don't know, whatever. He is a... Uh, let me see if it says here... So he, oh, no, it doesn't say that. It doesn't say what I was looking for, but he is a, a, a mannequin that came to life. Okay, and, I think you mentioned this. Yeah. Yeah. Neil Gaiman dusted him off in uh, an annual uh, Swamp Thing in the late 80s. And then this is like a spinoff of that, like a one-shot. Okay. Um, really interesting, weird, fucking 70s trippy character that uh, is like rife for reimagining uh, in Vertigo. And that one-shot specifically... Actually, god damn it, I'm going to go like go into the weeds here. I actually know this character not from either of these series, but back in the early, no, late 90s, DC had, remember the Elseworlds imprint? Yes. Where they would have, like, different stories in different continuities, like, what if Batman were a pirate? What if fucking Superman <laughs> was British? That's yeah. fucking crazy! They had one called Conjurers, and it was a story about the DC Universe, but without any technology, only magic. Like, magic is what carried the human race through the eons, not technology. And one of the main characters in that was Brother Power, but he was just, like, a normal guy. Like, he wasn't this fucking doll elemental, whatever. <laughs> um, 
it just says an alternate universe, human-like version of Brother Power, appears in Conjurers from Elseworlds. And I remember reading that. That's such a weird name, Brother Power. Right. You know? And if I recall, he was like a televangelist on that or something. I don't know. I, it's... I haven't read that since high school. Um, and so that was that name just always stuck with me. And I remember seeing Brother Power the Geek. Like, what the fuck is this? Is that the same character? Well, like, well kind of. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's a, that was a fun one-shot, too. Another one's on here. All right, Girl by Peter Milligan. I read that. The Girl Who Would Be Death. I have this series, but I haven't read it. I think you brought... Didn't you bring that up in an episode we did a while back about books we were going to read? Yeah, or? probably. I should add that to the list, too. And Ghost Dancing by uh, Jimmy Delano and Richard Case. I have read that. I don't remember it, though. It was a long fucking time ago. Once upon a time. Yeah. Um, for, our, for our listeners, listener, however many of you are still out there, I just came up with this idea since we were talking about the lack of personal reading I did over this year. Um, even if it's stuff I've already read, I'm going to make a list here of what we're talking about, and I'm going to go off and read it. So, Sounds good. <laughs> all right. Hey, got to have goals. Uh, what are we up to now? Um, 170. All righty. Getting out of the 200s. 170. Uh, this is just Swamp Thing. Oh, yes. Talked about that a lot. Classic. Hey, Sunderland. Um, he was played in the show by what's his name? Oh, that um, guy. I see his face. Um, Patton. Patton. J- Joe Patton? No. Will Patton? Will Patton. Is it Will Patton? I, th- I think so. I think so. I'm going to look it up. Yes, it's Will Patton because Mike Patton is the guy from Faith No More. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Will Patton is the actor. Yes. Oh, there's Jason Woodrow, the Floronic Man, Parliament of Cheese. Oh, the Brewerio with the Inavuche. <laughs> that was the storyline that introduced John Constantine. And that storyline was adapted to an episode of the TV show Constantine. Which I still need to watch. I think that episode was called Saint of Last Resorts. Good title. I think. I don't know why I remember, I remember that. Um, but yeah, obviously, fucking Swamp Thing. That's a good series. Who was the... Uh, artist that worked on that after oh god i was just listening to a podcast about this it's female it's female rachel pollock yes thank you wait that wasn't swamp thing that was doing patrol was it? no and there was a there was a female artist who worked on it oh, after. artist i don't yeah. know after who um after the initial after of course long after alan moore um uh, christ i'm not doing a very good job here Nancy Collins? Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Um, there's... She was a writer, not an artist. Okay, writer. Excuse me. Whatever. Um, there is a great interview with her. On, I can't remember if I sent this to you, but um, the podcast behind the panel, The Story mm-hmm. of Vertigo Comics. Uh-uh. Yes, you would like that. Nice. Um, a whole bunch of people on there. A lot of your favorites. So... Folks, if you're interested in Vertigo comics, or even if you love them and you know all about them, that is a really good podcast to listen to. Hmm. I love the art for Swamp Thing. Though. Yeah, Bernie Wrightson and I mean, like, Bernie Wrightson's DNA is all over this fucking character. <laughs> so like, it seems like any take after him is just a derivative of his work, which is a good thing. Right, he's a good artist and his shit. Uh, 
or whatever like that. Just the design of Swamp Thing is so malleable. That's a good word for it. And just that universe with its like dark shadows and overly like musculatured characters and I don't know. It's cool. It is. It is. Um, it's really I think hard to do texture, like, especially nature texture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, props. All right, next up, 128. 128. Mr. Punch! Oh, yes. Yeah, another uh, Neil Gaiman and Dave McKeon. Mm-hmm. Um, the fucking, fucking uh, matchman in heaven. That was that was like an adaptation of the whole Punch and Judy story. God damn it, it's been ages since I've read this. A comical tragedy of Mr. Punch, a romance. <laughs> <laughs> They're creative soulmates. Yeah. Uh, that was, like, released as, like, a storybook, too, if I recall. Or maybe it was just hardback. But, yeah, I mean, obviously, like, Dave McKeon's work is so fucking unique. His visuals pair so well with Gaiman's voice and style. So, uh, going back, like I said, with Mirror Mask, Dave McKeon directed Mirror Mask, and Neil Gaiman wrote it. Um, which is one of the reasons that I was going to bring it up on the show. Because they, uh, that was like their movie that they did together. When did it come out again? Oh, like 2005 or 6 or 7 or 8. Uh, or 9 or... No. <laughs> <laughs> it was like mid-2000s. Let me check. Mirror Mask. 2005. Pretty sure we had this exact same conversation. Oh, we probably like Two have. years ago. We're probably retreading <laughs> some old ground here, but that's okay. Shaking off the rest. Yeah, Mr. Punch is a fun one. I have not read that one a long fucking time either. Yeah, so it was originally published in the UK by Victor Gollantz. Gollantz. I don't know how to pronounce that. In 1994, and then it was republished by Vertigo in 95. What's next? What's next? 213. God damn it. <laughs> Pretty sure this is going to be something that we already talked about. <laughs> oh, no, it's another one of these pages. Let's look at it. Um, <laughs> I don't know if I've read it. Oh, I've read Goddess. Goddess was one of Garth Ennis's first works. Um, pretty really early Garth Ennis stuff. Wait, no, it's not. It's from 95. I'm thinking of Faith. Never mind. Oh, okay. Jesus Christ. Okay. Um, but it's, it is Garth Ennis. It's just from like 95. Is Faith in here? Yeah, it is. Wait, no. What the fuck am I thinking of? <laughs> what are you thinking That's of, That's Ted McKeever. <laughs> Shit. What the heck? What was Garth? Gotta do some research. Research break. Comic? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, that's unhelpful. Should have just gone to his his, uh, whatever page. Fucking Wikipedia page. True Faith! God damn it! True Faith. I was close. You were in the the ballpark. True Faith. If I recall, he wrote that when he was a teenager. Well, and I don't remember Goddess at all. I know I have it. I don't know if I've read it. I've um, I've read it, but I think again I was like in middle school, early high school, yeah. last. But I love the art. I have not read God Save the Queen by Mike Carey and John Bolton again. John Bolton, um, but I remember seeing that cover. That's a, that's a graphic novel, not a series. I remember seeing that, and being like, "That's ghastly." <laughs> I'd like to read it. Left an impression. Mm-hmm. Grip, um, I have that series. I 
Gilbert Hernandez. Uh, but I don't I don't think I've read it. Heart of the Beast. I actually tracked this down recently. Dean Modder. Uh, with art by Sean Phillips. You tell. I haven't read it. <laughs> I tracked it down, but I haven't read it. Tracking a lot of shit, man. It takes time. <laughs> it does. <laughs> Heart Throbs, I've not read, but that's another anthology series. Um, okay. But it was only four issues. You know, like Flinch. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. It was, only, it was only four issues. Uh, what is it about? I don't know. I can't remember. Well, come on. Give me a brief It just is an anthology series. <laughs> romance. Romance okay. stuff. Okay. I don't know. Thank you. Romance and mo- with modern twists. Okay. Uh, Brian Bolland had a story in it. Stephen T. Siegel. Tim Sale. Brian Azzarello. Tim Bradstreet. It's like the same people that fucking did Flinch. There you go. <laughs> it's like the same eight people. <laughs> Well, if it's as interesting as what they did with horror, I'd like to read the romance angle. What else we got here? Ten! Fucking finally. First page. First page. Drumroll. It's going to be 100%. I know it. 100%! (laughs) Good call. Yeah, Paul Pope. Me neither. Um, I don't think I even have all of it, but I'm very much aware of it. Looks cool. Paul Pope. I, uh, the first Paul Pope comic that I read was called Batman Year 100. Okay, yeah. Have you heard about that? Yep. I don't know. It's like a future story. Right. That, like, I like Paul Pope's work, but I, I don't know, I like his art, but I don't like it on Batman. It's, I don't know. Something about that style didn't work for me. Not a good fit for you, huh? Why are we talking about Batman 100? Uh, because it's the only Paul, Paul Pope thing in my mind. <laughs> Spin off Paul <laughs> yeah. Pope. I think the only thing I've read of his is um, um, uh, Battling Boy. I don't know what that is. I can't remember if it's a Vertigo um, title or not. Um, when Vertigo shut down. Battling Boy, yeah. Yeah. What's that, when's it from? Um, 2013, I believe. 2013. Huh. Never heard of it. I remember liking it. I thought it was fun. My first second books. Okay, so not Vertigo, then. But no, just a, a, a 12-year-old demigod who um, runs around trying to save people from, um, you know, the apocalypse, basically. What's the city's name? Acropolis. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> it's like, there's some force there, like monsters that steal children, and he's like the hero that goes to save his, his peers. With his magical t-shirt? Yeah. Being a fashionista myself, I love that shit. Which is what it says right here. <laughs> Powered by magical t-shirts, Babbling Boy defends the city. Uh, yeah, I've never heard of this. It won a fucking Eisner. I think it's fun. Best publication for teens. So there's clearly something there. That's cool. Apparently there's been a film adaptation in the works. Really? But it's 2015 was the last uh, update. So that ain't happening. Still in limbo out there somewhere. If not dead in the water. Interesting. Oh, it's dead. <laughs> <laughs> That's not coming back. That's nine years ago. That's oh, yeah. Ago. I know 2015 feels like just the other day. It, <laughs> does. it does. When you say nine years ago, that gives me pause. Yeah. All righty. And of course, there's 100 bullets on the other page. But that's not, we're not on page 11. We're no, on we're page not. 10. We're not. 173. Okay. I respect the game, man. <laughs> Excuse me, yes. 173. 
Fucking Swamp Thing again. Okay, we've covered <laughs> Swamp Thing. This is just like, oh, there's the Unmen. Welcome, my mossy friend. <laughs> Constantine. Yeah, all right. We're, we're good with that. Well, we can skip 170. Well, we can skip it. Whatever. 88. <laughs> House of Mystery. Oh, cool. That was a spinoff. House of Secrets. Blah, blah, blah. Oh, okay. So Matthew Sturgis and Bill Willingham wrote it. I didn't realize that, that was Bill Willingham. He's a creator of Fables. Oh, yeah. Yeah, okay. House of Mystery. Okay. I think I've read this. I know that's not... It, that's horrible to say, but it looks very familiar. I think I have read it, but... I have not. I mean, it's a fucking, you know, Canes in it. It's a spinoff. Okay, so, yeah. there was House of Secrets in the late 90s with uh, T, uh, Stephen T. Siegel uh, and with Teddy Christensen. That's the series that I remember. Oh, okay. This came, like, a decade later. House of Mystery did. Um, and I have a few random issues of that, but I have not read much... Maybe even any of it. Um, at the time that this was published, this was like brand new, too. Like, I'm going to have to... Uh, the part of me thinks, yes, I've absolutely read that, but I'm going to put it on the list anyway. I don't remember. Again, because that was being published as this was... Uh, as this uh, book came out. So it obviously doesn't say how many issues there were. But I'm very curious how long it ran. Come on. Come on. <laughs> uh, 42 issues. It ran. Plus a Halloween special. Or two. I don't know. Uh, 2008, 2011. Wasn't that... Um, wasn't it Elvira comic, too? That was a different House of, House of Mystery. That yeah. was Elvira's House of Mystery. Oh, okay. <laughs> in 1986 to 1987. Oh, all right, then. Hey, that was published by DC, though. Huh. Wouldn't have thought. Didn't know DC ever worked with Elvira. I'd love to work with Elvira. Who wouldn't? Right. Um, also, just as a like a '90s kid saying the word Elvira, I always have to stop myself from saying Elmira <laughs> yeah. from Tiny Tunes. Oh, oh, that's right. <laughs> yes, two very distinctly different. Exactly. Uh, all right, page one thirty-eight. Seven. One thirty-eight. Preacher. Oh, yay! Right in the middle of Preacher here. Yeah, Jesse Custer, fucking great character. Um, I was just thinking about the Preacher show the other day because I, I... You never finished it. Did you Did you watch any of the show? I did. Well, we watched the pilot, I know. Yeah. That was uh, a weird adaptation, too. Another story that has a clear beginning, middle, and end. The whole reason that Preacher got so weirdly adapted, though, is because it's just hard to... The, the story is all about, like, traveling the, the country or the world, and that's far harder to do on a TV budget than just, here's fucking plumping dumb fuck Alabama and set the entire first season in a church. Right, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, um... This page is just all about Jesse. Interesting. I actually saw a guy, like, three weeks ago at a bar, and he didn't have the fucking uh, the collar, but he was dressed like Jesse. Really? Like black black shirt, like western cut shirt, black coat, jeans, and like, I don't know, had kind of like messy hair like that. And I remember texting my friend Bear, like, I'm pretty sure I'm looking at Jesse Custer. <laughs> <laughs> Just, Jesse Custer walks into a bar. <laughs> no, um, great series. Yeah. Um, my uh, 
a former friend of mine who I haven't talked to in a long time used to refer to it as the the uh, chicken fucker comics. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah TC um yeah it's like jody and tc were adapted into the show but and they had a whole thing about tc fucking animals but obviously didn't go nearly as far as <laughs> the book did but they they also they cut out uh jesse's childhood friend a kid with one eye what the fuck is his name he Star catches he catches tc fucking a chicken that. And, yeah. Because, like, I mean, Jesse's telling the story. He's like, and then everything changed the day, the day that TC fucked that chicken. <laughs> <laughs> Beg your pardon? <laughs> um, there's a really good uh, story on that behind the panel podcast. I think it's being told by Garth Ennis, where he talks about, like, for the first two years of Preacher, there was basically no publishing oversight. Mm-hmm. Karen Berger was just like, do whatever you want. Yeah. And um, apparently one of the higher-ups at DC finally got a hold of the book after two years. And the story goes that um, someone related this to Garth Ennis later on. The story goes from this insider that they walked into this exec's office and they looked up and there was a hole in the ceiling. And they're like, okay, what's that all about? And apparently the executive finally picked up a copy of Preacher and he got so upset that he threw the book against the ceiling. (laughs) But by then it was too late. (laughs) And it was too late. All right, 179. 179. Things can be transmit. Transmit Yes. Yes. Yes, 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 yes. Um, oh, that's when he was Alan Moore. <laughs> picture of him from the first issue when he's all hairy. Yeah. Dreaded out. Like I've said many times, <laughs> he starts at Alan Moore and then becomes Grant Morrison. And I feel like that was intentional. I think that was Warren Ellis's like comment on... Uh, I don't know, the evolution of comics from the 80s to the 90s. I think that's a, a pretty accurate read, honestly. Yeah, I'm not basing that on anything whatsoever. I just think that that's the way it is. Um, also, this, I, I don't know if I've ever pointed this out on the podcast before, but Transmet, my my laptop is inspired by Transmet. I've got the... The, you do, uh, you do. Spiders. <laughs> find a good, there's not a good picture of it in here, but Spider's laptop in the comic. Um, uh, his laptop in the comic book has a. Uh, yeah, there it is. It's got the little three-eyed smiley face. Yeah, smiley face sticker on it, and so I put one on mine in the exact same spot. <laughs> good homage. You know, very often when I'm out and about, like, what was that? Was that work? I don't know. Very often, I just hear people say, "I hate it here." Either, either talking about work or fucking existence or whatever, and I always think of Spider, and I'm always like, "Hey, transmit." I'm like, "What the fuck are you talking about?" Never mind. <laughs> um, we did talk about this in a previous episode, but I just will reinstate it to anyone who will listen that so much of Vertigo Comics is is very serious. Even for silly topics, I'm not. I'm not saying they take themselves too seriously. There's just you know, a lot of brooding and and uh, philosophical subtext and da 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 da. Not to say there's not subtext in Transmetropolitan, but like Spider just has a lot of fun. Yeah, he, he just has a really good time and and uh, loves what he does, even when he's super angry and pissed about you know the state of the world and the state of things. He loves what he does, except that he also hates it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so. I love about him. Like, you know, we often talk about, like, character 
proxies for ourselves or characters we identify with. And spider's definitely one that's high up there on the list for me. Um, excuse me for a minute. <laughs> Do what you must. <laughs> take some ibuprofen. <laughs> because uh, my hangover is hitting me a little harder than I thought it was. I'm not even really that hungover. I'm probably just dehydrated more than anything. Probably. But uh, it's this idiot named Stanley's house till, I don't know, four. <laughs> <laughs> well, the idiot named Stanley. You're going to have to tell me more about him later. Um, He's a neighbor. <laughs> he just lives across, like, I'm, my street number here is 26. His is the next block over, but 36. Right. So, like, I can fucking see his place from here, and we were... Yesterday was his birthday, actually. Oh, yes. Um, so... <laughs> he's never going to listen to this, so I can say this. Um, yeah. So yesterday was his birthday, and it was over at our usual spot, and I was hanging out with the bartender there, this girl named Jess, and we were... She, her shift had just ended, we were hanging out at the bar, and Stanley comes in, and he had this little table set up for his birthday, and, uh, uh, like, the, the staff there set up this little table for him, because it was three birthdays there last night. And all these other people there with their birthday, he walked over and sat at his table, and for like an hour, he just sat there alone. <laughs> and Jess and I were like, dude, he totally looks like the little kid, Aww. you know, like with his birthday hat yeah. on, and nobody else. That's so sad. I mean, it's, it's, I told him, I, and again, I would not say this, I, I would not say this had I not actually said this to his face. So I'm not, I'm not telling tales out of class or whatever. But uh, he actually brought, he then walked over and was like, yeah, nobody, nobody came to my birthday. And I was like, Stanley, like you're, you're barely a person. So like, <laughs> what did you expect? <laughs> and he was like, yeah, I know. <laughs> I mean, he's just kind of a shithead. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> he knows that. <laughs> Are you surprised? <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's fine. It's fine. We're all fine. Everything's fine. <laughs> well, it sounds like he ended up having a good time with you anyway. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I actually like, there's a, God damn it. I shouldn't go into these stories, but, uh, oh, you should, um, you should. the, uh, I was telling a story about him from a different bar. Um, there was this new, uh, server at this bar and I was telling my friend who's a bartender different. Why, why are all my friends bartenders? Jesus Christ. Um, <laughs> I don't know. And I've like almost exclusively dated bartenders <laughs> for the last few years. Actually, that's not true. Um, it's just I've got that part out. <laughs> anyway, uh, so I was at, at this bar talking about this server, and I was like, "Oh yeah, have you met the new server? Her name's Red." My friend was like, "Oh no, I haven't." I was like, "Yeah, I get to watch Stanley just fail spectacularly, hitting on her the other night." And she was like, "Oh yeah," I was like, "Yeah, it was just it was so funny because he was hitting on her like really hard, like." Full court press as he was fucking drunk as shit. And she was just like, yeah, okay. Um, well, I don't want to do that. So have a good night. <laughs> and, uh, and I was like, yeah, it was so funny. And she was like, oh, I thought you were going to say that um, he, oh, was it the way she phrased it? She's like, I, th I thought you were going to say that uh, like he crashed and burned because like you swooped in and stole her. And I was like, haha, wait, what? Like, no, what? What do you mean? And she was like, nothing. I was like, what? No, like, what do you mean? And she's like, I don't know. You, you just, you do that a lot. I was like, what, what? And she's like, yeah. Every time, like, that I'm working and uh, he's there, like, like, he'll be hitting on a girl and then he'll walk away and then, like, you swoop in and talk to her and then, like, oftentimes you go home with her. And I was like, really? And she's like, yeah, you did that on New Year's. And I was like, I, I did? <laughs> like, yeah. Like, oh, huh. 
And she's now like, she's like, no, it's fucking funny. Like we talk about it all the time behind the bar, but like we totally noticed that. I was like, huh, didn't mean to. But all right, sure. You have an unknown symbiotic relationship with yeah, Stanley. He goes doesn't. in and, you know, softens him up. And when you come along, you're like, oh, thank God. Oh, God, that sounds weird. <laughs> Don't say that. <laughs> that was not very kind. Me. <laughs> I'm probably just a wee bit envious because you've actually had a social life this past year. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I guess. That's so weird. From France? So transmetropolitan. <laughs> to your hedonism. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, I know. I like I said, I identify with Spider. <laughs> a character we can all look up to a little bit. I need to like reread it because I only made it through. Yeah, I hate it here. Um, I only made it through like uh, two thirds of the story when I when I read it last time a couple years ago. Oh yeah. I got to like the third year because the book is broken into years. Yeah. Excuse me, and I think I made it to the third year before I. Moved on to something else. I don't know. Ah, oh, interesting. Yeah, good book. All right, next up. 20! American Century. This was a book that you got a few issues of, if I recall, from yes. our, our mystery box episode. Yeah, that was a fun one. Yeah, I haven't read any of it. <laughs> Have you? A little bit, yeah. So it's about America in a century. In a century. <laughs> a century in America. Um, I read it, well, gosh, I think... It, like a few days after we did our unboxing. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I didn't think it was spectacular, but I mean, I thought it was fun. Written by Howard Chaikin and David Tishman. David Tishman. There's mm -hmm. a last name for I you. like Howard Chaikin. Um, see, when was it published? Early 2000s, somewhere. 2001. Okay, 2001. Um, no, it's a, it's a good little crime series, I thought. Um, I think, uh, uh, Oh gosh, how did uh, the chicken he yeah. described as like the left? It was funny. It was like the left wing version of of something, like a um, um, some kind of more conservative comic strip. Huh. Um, yeah. Anyway, I'm not doing very good for descriptors here, but fun little series. I recommend it. Nice. Read it. You want me to just yeah, look into it? What? Um, like, it's uh, a World War II vet who fakes his own death and then uh, goes to, I think it's Central America to become a smuggler, hmm. I think. Yeah, anyway, he, um, he has a lot of interactions, like, with, you know, CIA operatives. <laughs> English hard. Um, and then he goes, like, around uh, to all of these different places and he goes back to the states and there's this exploration of 1950s american culture and yeah, it's good okay. it's good interesting put it on the list um all right uh page 27 27 animal man Woo animal man um i haven't read that in forever yeah, it's I, been a hot i've day. not read the whole series but i read a chunk of it um obviously made like infamous through grant morrison and the whole idea of Animal Man knowing that he is a comic book character, um, which is similar to like She-Hulk in the '80s, that whole uh, metatextuality of speaking to the reader and about his life and everything. And there's only two pages about Animal Man. Interesting. Oh, that kind of surprises me. Did you know that there was a sequel series to Animal Man? 
aside from like the New 52 bullshit, there was a sequel series in the early 2000s. 2000, I want to say it was like 2000, uh, it was like 2005 or 2006. Um, I think it was called The Death of Animal Man. No, I've not heard of um, it. God damn it. I'm finding this now. Grant Morrison Revival, Vertigo, Back to the DC. The Last Days of Animal Man. Two, 2009. Huh. Later than I thought. By Jerry Conway and uh, Chris Batista. Um, six issues limited series. Telling a tale of Animal Man in the future, like it was set, like, I don't know, 20 years after this story or whatever. Uh, middle-aged Animal Man in the year 2024 on his final adventure. Holy shit! We Bam. should read that this oh, year. we should. <laughs> see how see I have it. it. <laughs> um, yeah, it's like his final, like, I remember there's a whole bit where he... Ah, fuck. Maybe that's just a cover. I remember something about a humpback whale. <laughs> that's not how he died oh no it was a green lantern there's a green lantern and it's a humpback whale oh. um, let me see I can't find a picture of this now last yeah there was some really cool yeah there it is look at that fucking green lantern humpback oh. whale green lantern you gotta love whales <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that is trippy why do they remember that cover yeah, guest starring green lantern <laughs> like not one that you know so does that mean that means this year we need to be seeing that that Green Lantern introduced into continuity. We do, we do. See what uh, 2024 has in store for Animal Man. That is so weird. That came out in 2020, or that is set in 2024. For listeners, if you haven't seen the cover, it's like a humpback whale taking Animal Man up to space with what looks like a portal in its stomach. It's just this like, green energy. Yeah. Green energy a, beam or something. Yeah, he's just got a little shield <laughs> in it. They're just flying over the city. I don't think he's actually taking them to space. Oh, okay. So here's the Justice League in 2024. Let's see what they look like. Um, so there's Nightwing, Flash. That's a different Flash. Power Girl. Uh, what's her name? Starfi- Starfire. Starfire. Looking like Earth 2 looking Superman with little gray streaks. And then Red Tornado. Um, so that's our Justice League lineup this year. Where how come we haven't seen them in comics? I don't know. <laughs> that's that's hilarious. I can't believe that that like that's the year that they picked for this, huh? Interesting. I'll have to, yeah, I want to see how that plays out. I remember liking that story when I read it. The uh, one of the covers had like a like a yeah this one the first issue is uh, like a re redesign of the first issue of Animal Man. You know, it's like him running with all the animals. Yeah. But it's uh, him as like a skeleton <laughs> running with a bunch of animal skeletons. Oh, I like that. Yeah, it's a cool That is a cool cover. That's when DC used that fucking awful logo. Ugh, look at that. <laughs> Looks like a swirling toilet water. Yeah, better than their New 52 logo, though. Remember that one where it's like folded over? I think I might have tried to forget it. DC New. No. No. That one. Oh. Look at that. God. It's fucking gross. You can't even <laughs> see the D. Like, what's the, right. What's it supposed to be? Yeah, yeah. Well, at least with the toilet bowl one, you don't have to squint at it. God, look at all that bullshit. Look at all that fucking new Fifty Two art. <laughs> <Ugh>. Hate it. <laughs> so pastiche. There's a there's this place called the Museum of Failure. You ever heard of this? No. It's I just I read about this probably a year ago. This thing called the Museum of Failure. They have an exhibit about the new Fifty Two in it. Oh really? <laughs> Oh dear. Oh dear. And that's not the focus, but there's like a little section with the new 52. Like, yes! Good! Where it belongs! That's how it should be remembered, you fucking assholes. 221. God damn it, I feel like we've already done this one. Um, right, let's, let's do like one more. I'm getting tired of this. 
I'm just making my list over Rapidly here. losing interest. Um, hey, okay, this one's another one where there's a bunch of different... Uh, Prez. Smells like Teen President. It was a, a one-off about Prez. Prez Rickard. Written by Ed Brubaker, who actually... His criminal series, he's a comic book series called Criminal. Yeah. It's uh, just got a series order at Amazon, um, turning it into a TV series. And he's actually like the showrunner, like him and Sean Phillips. Oh, cool. Um, they're the creators of the comic. So uh, that should be very well adapted then, yeah, hopefully, so. fingers crossed. If it's anything like, have you watched Invincible on Amazon? I have not yet. It's oh. been in my periphery for a long time. I just haven't got around to it. Shit, it's yeah. good. Is it? Um, I've read a good chunk of the Invincible comic. In fact, I actually read, read the first volume again, or the first compendium. Whatever the fuck it is. It's like the first four volumes or whatever. I read that earlier this 2023. I read it like over the summer. Um, fucking great show. The comic book is good, but it's from 2003. A bit dated. And just like the storytelling mechanics of like superhero comics from then are different than they are now. And the show, like, expertly updates all of that. I mean, just kind of like The Expanse. It gives, like, more characterization, more, like, uh, character interactions, more depth to just the everything. Um, just a profoundly good adaptation and really good show. Just fucking violent as holy hell. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, I will uh, add that to my watch list since I'm house-sitting. I don't have Amazon Prime, but the people I'm house-sitting for do, so... Um, Phantom Stranger one shot too. This is a good one. Uh, art by Guy Davis, written by Elisa Quitney. Elisa Quitney, I think. Yeah. Um, but anyway, that was a, that was a fun one shot. Um, kind of a spinoff of the Trench Coat Brigade, books of magic, all that. Um, so highly recommended. Phantom then. Stranger. Yeah. Okay. You know, Phantom Stranger was on Swamp Thing eventually, the TV show. Did you know that? Did I miss that? Oh, I must I have missed know. that. Did you watch the whole series? Swamp Thing? The... I thought I thought we did, didn't we? No, we only watched one episode. No, well, no, I went on and I watched. More. Okay, well then. Yeah, then I, I, I did. 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 I did. I, I, yeah. I, well, that unfortunately it wasn't very memorable. Well, Phantom Stranger was on Swamp Thing, played by Macon Blair. Macon Blair. Uh, oh yes, 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 Macon Blair. Um, what's that movie of his that you turned me on to? That it, uh. There's a few. Murder Party, Blue Ruin. Blue Ruin. Blue Ruin. Well, he's good in everything I've seen him in, but I really liked Blue Ruin. He just directed the new, it hasn't come out yet, the new Toxic Avenger movie. Oh, yeah? He directed that, starring uh, Peter Dinklage as the Toxic Avenger. Really? Yeah. There's been a trailer, but that's it. I don't know, but that's him as the Phantom Stranger. There he is. There he is. An old chubby making Blair there. It's this unknowable, immortal being. (laughs) (laughs) He's so good, though. Yeah. He's one of those character actors that just deserves yeah, a lot more credit him. than he gets. First movie I saw of him was Blue Ruin. He also directed a pretty good movie on uh, Netflix called I Don't Feel at Home in This World. I I've heard of it and haven't seen it. Don't, let me see if this was... I don't feel... He works with uh, Jeremy Saulnier quite a bit. I Don't Feel at Home in This World Anymore. It's the name of the movie. Um, yeah, Megan Blair directed it. It stars Elijah Wood, Melanie Linsky... I don't know, Jane Levy was in it. Oh, cool. Um, yeah, that's a, that's a pretty good movie. It f- is very much in the style of, like, Jeremy Saulnier's movies, like uh, like Blue Ruin or Green Room. Um, just kind of, like, uh, oppressively depressing, <laughs> but with, like, bits of just insane humor. Mm-hmm. There's a really good bit at the beginning of the movie where she's, uh, like, in a bar, and Macon Blair has a cameo, and she's, like, reading this book. 
like a sci-fi book. And he's like, oh, is that, uh, is that like book five in the whatever series? And she's like, yeah. Yeah, it's like, it's really, I really like it. And like, she's like, you're going to have this connection with a guy. And he's like, yeah, have you gotten to the part where like the queen dies yet? And she's like, no, no, I haven't. <laughs> and he's like, oh, well, it's, it's good. Dude. Well, have a good one. Stop <laughs> uh, <laughs> <The> stomping. <laughs> Damn it. Okay, I'll have to watch that one, too. Yeah. Great cast. The guy that starred in Murder Party also has a cameo in that, which I can't remember his name, and he hasn't been in much. Why am I talking about Megan Blair? <laughs> oh, yeah, because of <laughs> Phantom Stranger. Um, Stranger. All right, let's do one more. I'm, again, I'm getting tired of this. The premise is running thin. <laughs> 76. 76. What's the last one here? What the fuck is this? Fables! Ah-ha-ha. The Fables. There yes. you go. That's it. Kinder. Um, yeah, Fables. It's a fun series. Uh, I, that's one thing that we haven't talked about. Like, uh, when was that? Over the summer? Bill Willingham had his whole fucking pissing contest with DC. Remember? That's right. Yes. Yeah. Yes, and he wrote that fable. Yeah, he wrote that blog blog post about putting fables into the public domain. Yes, that smashing blog post. Which, I love that. I mean, it was interesting, but also like when you really think about it, like he's not he's not actually doing anything. Really, you don't think so? Not at all, because a lot of the characters in fables are were in the public, public domain to begin with. Yeah. And what he's saying now is, anyone can now make a fable story. Anyone already could, really. True. Um, anyone can make your own adaptation of these characters, this thing, whatever. The problem with that is that the Fables storyline, from issue one to like 160 or however long it went, that's still decisively owned by DC. Mm. You can't touch that. <laughs> I thought he owned the narrative, too. I mean, he, he partially does, but it's all been published by DC. He probably has creator rights to a lot of these characters, but it's still an intellectual property that Warner Brothers owns and is able to publish. Because, like, he was like, yeah, fuck you, D. And they were like, yeah, okay, great. We still, yeah. we still own this. <laughs> that wasn't as radical as, yeah. I, was, I, was, I was feeling when exactly. I first read it. Yeah, it was, it was a cool kind of, like, fuck you to them. But it was also, like, in the end, it was very performative. With, like, you know, sound and fury signifying nothing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Someone saying, well, I really can write my own version of Goldilocks and the Three Bears. Yeah, exactly. You know, well, I want to tell a big bad wolf story, too. <laughs> go, go on. Yeah. Go at it. Go on. How about you? you know? yeah. Have fun. Kind of a fireless kerfuffle. Yeah. But that was, like, that was just a very interesting, like, I don't know, tete-a-tete between him and DC there for a few days. And I remember going to the comic shop and talking to the guy there about it. I'm like, the fuck is going on? I've like, <laughs> never seen something like this happen. A creator write like a fucking novel on his blog about putting his characters into the public domain just to uh, flip off the, the, the publisher. And yeah, that was, that was very interesting. Like I respect his stance and I respect his like uh, desire to... Um, I don't know, to kind of take himself off the board from that argument that he'd been having with DC. And it was like an interesting way to do that, I guess. But in the end, like, it, it was pretty toothless. <laughs> alas, alas. But, no, again, good series. Yeah, good old Bigby Wolf, man. That's a fucking... <laughs> Talk about characters that people relate to. That's another one. Another one of those characters that I... I just, in my mind, is like iconically cool and... A character that I love, right up there with Spider and 
John Constantine and Jack Knight from Starman. Oh, Starman. Well, he <laughs> he is part of a trench coat club. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Jack Knight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I haven't read that one. Also, speaking of fables, there's uh, the sequel to A Wolf Among Us. It's supposedly oh. coming out this year. It's been in production for like nine years. Uh, so Telltale, the company that made this game, they like went out of business in, the, in like 2016, 17, something like that. And then like two years ago, they announced they'd been reformed. They were coming back. And the first game that they released was The Expanse. Uh, a game set in the universe of the Expanse TV show, and they got like the cast to come back to voice their characters and everything. That came out in I think October of this year, of twenty twenty three. I keep saying this year. Uh, <laughs> came out in, like October of twenty twenty three. It was a pretty good game. Um, I love their art style. Yeah, and just that like point and click adventure kind of story, like choose your own adventure or whatever. Yeah, the Expanse one was fun. It's a it's a prequel to the series. He plays this character named Kamina Drummer, who's one of the main major characters of the show. Who, again, pretty major character on the show. In the book, she's in one book. And she's like a sidekick to one character. Huh. Um, in the show, they turned her into a proxy character. They combined her with a bunch of different characters that are in different books. And just made her far more interesting than any of those singular characters on their own. But yeah, good game. So then they're coming back to do more stories. Yeah, they and they, they've got... Wolf Among Us apparently queued up. We'll see if it comes out this year or not. I would very much like it to. Hey, Bigby's got a new coat for a line. That looks like my coat. Kind of cool. That's literally like what I was wearing last night, too. (laughs) Fuck me. I just needed a cigarette. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So, yeah, we worked through the Vertigo Encyclopedia. We did it. This was the best. I've got it. At least I've got a nice, comprehensive, interesting reading list here going forward. I can't stress enough, though, how fucking great the Vertigo Encyclopedia is. It's wildly out of date because this came out in 2008. <laughs> even even though Vertigo has long since gone the way of the dodo, uh, there's still a good 11 years that this doesn't cover of right. Vertigo comics. But regardless, it's a great little reference book, and I would recommend anyone who is a fan of Vertigo or just comic history in general to pick it up. Exactly. Um, I have no idea. I don't think it's, it's probably still not in print, but I doubt that uh, copies of it are too expensive. It's not. I just bought a used edition from Amazon because I let the wrong person borrow my last one and it never came back. Um, and it only cost me, I think, 25, 30 bucks. Uh, yeah, here it says 32, which is, oh, there we go, there's used for 15. Probably depends on how beat up it is. <laughs> used, acceptable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, there it is for 30, 45, very good. So between, like, 20 and 40 bucks, probably. If you go on eBay, you'll probably find it cheaper. Well, and if you're just looking, like you said, if you're just looking for a good reference, like if you have no idea where to get started and it's all too overwhelming, you can just cherry pick through it and be like, oh, I sound, yeah. that sounds good to me. Well, like there's so many. Unlike the other uh, encyclopedias, because like DC and Marvel have both put out multiple editions of their like character encyclopedias, and unlike those, uh, this one doesn't focus on the individual characters, but 
comic series, right. series, miniseries, whatever, stories, um, which is far more useful for Vertigo. Thank you for listening, all two of you, if you're still out there. Do we have anything else to talk about? We do the like and subscribe. Do we still do that? <laughs> I don't know what we do anymore. It's been so, I'm out of practice. Well, you know. Sure, yeah, like and subscribe if you wish. We would always be pleased to know if you're out there somewhere in the comic book ether. Otherwise, yeah, we'll see if we do this again. It's all up to the maestro here. I forgot that I had notes. <laughs> <laughs> Oops. New Wesley Dodds comic. That was in my notes. Did that. Indie games. What does that mean? Fables Public Domain. That was on my list, too. Look at that. <laughs> Look at this you. Taking right. care of business. Sandman 2 is filming. Um... Oh, one thing we didn't talk about, the whole DC Movies reorganization. Oh, gosh. That's a big yeah. one. That is a big one. Um, that's probably like that. its, its own episode. Yeah. yeah. Um, the DC Extended Universe is dead. Fucking finally. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Put that uh, poor dog out of its misery. Yeah. Did oh. you watch, did you watch the, the last one was Aquaman too? Did you watch that? I haven't yet. Because um, I just decided, I mean, with the... Again, the way my schedule has been, and of course by design, I'm not complaining, but I was like, I really don't want to go spend $20 at the theater to see that. I'll wait until it comes out on streaming. Have you seen Aquaman 1? Oh, yeah. yeah. And you've seen Aquaman 2. Same <laughs> fucking, same thing. Same movie. Same glaring issues, same pros, same cons. Uh, it has zero stakes whatsoever. So, like, it, the the... DCEU went out like a wet fart, which is pretty much how it was created. <laughs> pretty much. Well, I guess that was one area where um, this, the chatter I was hearing online that I just disagreed with with some fans who were upset because they're like, what a weak ending to the DCEU. And it was like, guys, it's not like it was some powerhouse to begin with. Yeah. So, yeah. As I've said before, like for me, it's the Suicide Squad at the very top, and then everything else is somewhere in the... Middle or below. <laughs> Wonder Woman wasn't bad, but even that I didn't... We've talked about that extensively. Yeah. I still wasn't big on that. Um, I don't know. There was... some. I, I, I liked Blue Beetle well enough, even though it didn't do anything special or unique or interesting. If you've seen Spider-Man and Iron Man, you've seen Blue Beetle. <laughs> That's a good way to describe it. But, uh, but yeah, I don't know. It was it's just such a weird fucking franchise that had zero idea of what it was doing from movie to movie. And, I, uh, go ahead, excuse me. And hopefully we get some, like, strong leadership now and a hopefully. good direction. Yeah, I know in our previous conversations I was a huge defender of Wonder Woman, but even since then, like, I have a... Admittedly, I, I went back to it, and it wasn't as much fun, because all I could think about is how they've used Wonder Woman in the DCEU, and I'm like, none of this shit matters. Like, this well, character I mean, has... No impact from this movie out. Yeah, like you said, so so many wet farts, <laughs> so many sad wet a farts. Wet fart from a fat man. <laughs> Good night. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for listening. Yeah, 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 the future's looking bright. We'll see where it goes. Uh, I like what I've heard so far about the new direction and the casting and the slate. There's gonna be a Swamp Thing movie apparently. That should be fun talk about that at one point and I you know I like James Gunn we've talked about that a lot he's a good director Guardians of the Galaxy 3 came out this year it was fucking great I still haven't seen that oh fuck off (laughs) 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 it's on Disney Plus now the DVD's out you can red box it 
Um, anyway, it's very good. Put it on the watch list. In fact, I'll watch it tonight when I go back to the house. Pull up Disney Plus and do it. All right, well, we're done. Let's fucking end this. Like and subscribe. <laughs> we just did it. It's, it's almost two hours long. This is too long. All right. Happy good. editing, Cozy. Yeah. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs>